Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Assalamualaikum everyone. Welcome back to another episode of MPL. Um, I want to start off by saying if anyone has any Thob recommendations, please DM MPL. I would really appreciate it. Uh, as you can see, this is really amazing. But this uh, this episode is going to be an interesting one. We are talking a little bit about like pursuing your, I don't know, passion versus like your career. Because I feel like there's a lot of influencers nowadays who we watch because they're influencers who are kind of hopping on this train. Like you don't need an education. You don't need that. Just follow your dreams, follow your passion, whatever. And um, I personally, I, I think that's a pretty harmful uh, thing to put out there and to feed a person, just me personally, because I feel like that puts a person in a position where they're going to sort of over romanticize this idea of like chasing their dream and forget maybe like what is seen as a traditional path, which might actually still yield long-term success. And I know all of us here have a really different perspective and a different route as to how we ended up where we are right now, pursuing what we're pursuing. So I think this will be an interesting and fun conversation. So I guess to just start off, what is your what are your thoughts on this idea in general or this concept of like pursuing your passion or your dream versus following more of like a, stereotypically linear path of like get good grades in high school then get into a good uni and then get a good job and then live happily ever after you know i'd like to hear what everybody has to say because i think i'll probably have the most uh or maybe i'm maybe i'm you know assuming that i don't know but i was interested to hear what other people have to say so i think go ahead yes no you go you keep cutting me off today. All right, I'll go. All right, bet. Let's go, Faisal. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Yasin, go, go. Go, go, go. I was kidding. No, I'm not going. Okay, fine, I'll go. Um, so for me, I'm changing, I, I'm changing my career path. And that's because, yes, maybe this this career path that of going into business and my family being good at it and we having a successful name under it um, is going to give me success. But do I really want to spend the rest of my life working a nine to five job, dreading every single moment of it? When I'm like, do I want to spend majority of my time doing something that I'm not passionate about? 
if if I'm passionate about something, I think I can give it my all and I can do an amazing job at it, right? Um, obviously, to get to that, I need to have I need to have certain skills and I need to prove that I have those skills to to order in order to say that yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into this, right? But um, it's like I I think. For example, if I were to have kids, you know, and they're like to me, oh, I want to become a soccer player, you know, I'd be like, okay, prove to me that you are good. Prove to me that you, you're on top of there and people want you, then yes, go for it. But if you can't, if, if that's not something realistic, then we need, we need to find something for you probably another we need to find something else that you are passionate about something maybe like you can get an education about if you're passionate about art go to university and get your degree and see what you can do afterwards right um but it's not like oh i'm gonna let my kid be and be like yeah go do whatever you want i'm i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna i'm still gonna be that mother and i'm gonna still have that somewhat of that i would i don't want to say control but that care that um, uh, you want to give them a little bit of guidance yes guidance yes I like that word but yeah okay I'll go next I think it depends on like what what is your passion and what is the 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 traditional thing that people around you are telling you to do because for example some people the traditional thing you're supposed to be doing is becoming a doctor and if you ask them what's your passion they're like oh it's computer science both of both of these things require you to go to 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 university right and so i think i think it comes down to what what is your passion and what is the the traditional thing but also if your passion is you want to be a social media influencer okay you can do it as long as like you need to have a you need to have something that you can fall back on if that doesn't work because that's that's a risky thing and so that's where i think it's it's important to have like a degree in the bag or something like that just so that you could fall on it just in case your passion doesn't um like it doesn't it doesn't make you a good living mm-hmm. but yeah I'm going to add on to what Randa said. I, I have one of my friends, her, she, her mom was like, yes, you can become a social media influencer, but you need to get the education for it. So she's also in the MIT program at Western Media Information Technology. And she's also uh, a media, uh, she's also an influencer and she's growing, but she like her mom needed that. She's like, I need that. I need to make sure that you are secure and and study if if that's something that you you're passionate about study it and also do it on the side that way you have two um and you have two things together oh yeah i think it's interesting that you guys are talking about security because like when i hear people saying that oh like i want to become an influencer or i want to my dream is attached to a certain like trend imagine if you were you know back in our parents time and you wanted to be a myspace influencer what would you be doing now? You basically set up your whole like life on a trend. And if that trend goes away, then you're, you're screwed because you, you just, it, it's so risky that I don't think people understand. First of all, to go back to Faison's initial point when he started the episode, I think that there's this 
movement online that's anti-school and that's being pushed by influencers, which I think is utter nonsense. So not just that, I think that people, even if they want to pursue passions that don't require school, should look to get some sort of post-secondary education, whether at the college level, whether at the uni level, like it's just, there's such a big difference, I find, when talking to somebody that's university or at least post-secondary educated versus somebody who isn't. Like, I get it. You want to pursue a sport or you want to do all of that. Like, that's fine. Pursue that, but put some effort into a post-secondary education at some point into your, into your life. I think that uh, back in the day, not many people had post-secondary education, so it didn't matter as much. Now people are pushing this message that, oh, so many people have it. There's no point in getting it. No, there's more emphasis of you to get to get like a, a post-secondary degree because to measure up, the standard's even higher. So it's a bare minimum, in my opinion, to try to aim for some sort of after high school education. Now, if you're somebody who's going to trades and stuff like this, I kind of understand why you might, you know, uh, push that away or maybe just limit yourself to just electives and stuff like this to broaden your horizons i understand because there's some sort of sec security and there's some sort of um, long-term plan with that and, and i i understand that approach but to bet your whole career your whole life your whole livelihood on plans that are already have such a low chance of happening and that's fine i'm not discouraging somebody i'm just putting you at like, I'm telling you the statistics, you're most likely not going to become an IG influencer. However, if you really want to try, go for it, but don't make that be your end all be all because there's a high chance you're not going to succeed. And having that fallback, like having that contingency plan in place is going to give you that, you know, cushion in case the high, well, not in case there's a high chance you're not going to reach that goal. So, for example, I'm like Yasmin, I didn't, uh, I'm changing my career. And that's because I did my contingency plan in advance. My first degree was in finance. Now I looked at it in a way where, okay, finance isn't my passion, but I could be happy doing it. So I got that out of the way. But then I, while studying finance, I came to the conclusion that nothing makes me happier in life than discussing like philosophy and religions and morality and all this stuff. So then I thought about it, I'm like, should I drop out in the middle of my finance degree and go straight into what I want to study? And Because that's that's me chasing my dreams, right? But that makes no sense because I'm throwing away all the effort I've already put in. I'm throwing away a contingency plan. So I finished my, my, my finance degree and then I moved over to now start studying what I'm actually passionate about. So now that if I go and I study all this and I enjoy my studies and I have all this knowledge that I could carry with me for the rest of my life, even if it doesn't result in a career in that field, that's okay because I got to keep the knowledge that I learned. But I also have that like contingency plan in my finance degree. So it's like, it's a fine line between like being totally irresponsible and just being like so motivated by like societal norms and like messaging that's being put out by like people who have no impact on what happens to your life. Like a social media influencer that's telling you to drop everything and just chase your dreams doesn't have to face the repercussions of that when your dreams, if your dreams, but most likely if they're shooting, if you're shooting for the stars, there's a high chance that you don't get those dreams to happen. That's why it's called shooting for the stars because most people fail, some people succeed.
So they're not going to care because they were just putting out these messages to get views. So you need to worry about yourself and you need to be sure that you're putting your best foot forward and setting yourself up for success with contingency plans while chasing your passions. I was just going to note that like a lot of these influencers too that are pushing forth this idea that you don't need school to be successful, a lot of them already came from really rich families. So they didn't really need to worry about finances. They were just doing their thing and it just happened to work out for them. So yeah, go ahead, Nisha. So basically marry rich. <laughs> I think there's an overemphasis in media and the way we talk about careers in that your passion has to be your career. And I personally don't believe in that. Like if you have a passion and it, and it happens to be your career, that's great. But I don't think every person needs to be like super passionate about what they're doing. I think as long as, of course you need to enjoy it. Like you should be happy doing it, but I don't think it needs to be your like end all be all. It needs to be like your passion that you're like, you wake up to every day and you look forward to. I like, for example, I'm studying health sciences. I'm going to be, health science isn't my passion, but I, do I enjoy it? Of course I do. I love taking health science classes. I love everything I'm doing. I love my internship. And so that is saying no, <laughs> but I like, I genuinely do enjoy it, but it's not my passion. My friend's studying physics and she was saying the same thing. Like physics is not her passion, but she does enjoy it. She genuinely really enjoys everything she's doing. So I think there's an overemphasis on if it's not your passion, you're in the wrong career field and I don't think like my passion is my volunteer work my passion is the stuff I do in my free time and that's okay it's I, I think for every person's career path it's going to look different and we always try to like make it very uniform and there's no such thing even in terms of like influencers when they say oh you don't need an education well they didn't need an education to get there but they also had like Rhonda was saying they have other factors such as family like like being coming from a wealthy family also a lot of them have connections that you don't have that actually set them up so there's so many things that go into it behind the scenes that you're not aware of and I don't think you should blindly mold your life into someone else's path because the circumstances aren't the same and I also think when it comes to like immigrant families and there's an added layer there in the sense that often there's this feeling that your financial success or your like success in terms of like your career is tied to the sacrifices your parents have given to get you to this point or to set you up with the life that you currently enjoy. So I think there's this added pressure that if you don't succeed, then it was all, it wasn't worth it and that you lost it all. And I think that needs to shift a little bit because even when you're talking about these stable careers, they're not, you're not going to reach every like goal you have set in your mind or get that job right away or um, get to where you want to be. And it's okay to fail. It's just, I think you just need to be smart about it and you need to have contingency plans and you need to have backup plans for your backup plans. I wanna agree and disagree about something that both Brenda and Misha said. So I don't know how it is maybe for like the type of influencers that girls are surrounded by, but for guys, a lot of the influencers we're surrounded by are like self-made millionaire influencers. And the problem is it makes sense for them because they're coming at it from a completely different perspective. And I'll explain. They are measuring success 
by dollars. So if somebody's like, hey, listen, you if all that you care about in life is you want to be a millionaire, I did it without school. Therefore, you can. If all you care about in life is materialism and how much money you have and all that stuff, then I understand why that would appeal to you. But I think after like, you know, going through that phase and getting out of that phase, and I understand now that life is so much more than money. Don't get me wrong. I'm super motivated to become wealthy and stuff, but there's also many different aspects of life other than that. So now I see, I can't make such a big decision about me going to school or not just based off of, is this going to make me wealthy or not? Because that's the thing for guys. The messaging is school is a waste of money. You could start learning how to invest in real estate or start learning how to invest in stocks or crypto and all this stuff. And you could, you know, you don't need to get an education. The problem with that is even if that works for you, you're going to have a lot of uneducated rich people. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've met uneducated rich people and they're a bore to talk to. You, you could tell the difference between like, they're really good at the thing that made them rich, whatever it is, whether it's real estate investing or stocks, they're really good at that one thing but they have no other like perspectives on life other than making sure their bank account grows. Now we as Muslims, we know that there's more to life than just the material and, and monetary aspect of it. So when we, when we're hearing this messaging from very secularist, very Western like influencers, we're like, Oh, I'm a self-made millionaire. We have to take that with a grain of salt. Like, yeah, to them, all that their parents, even they're like, as long as you're successful, which IE means money wise, then you're good and no I know any and as long as it's a legal way go ahead and do it we're not this mindset we have we're thinking about a lot of different aspects so we can't just we need to be careful who we're taking advice from and we need to understand what angle are they coming from because it might not align with our worldview and the thing about university education is it's not just about the knowledge or gain, gaining on a specific subject it's about learning these communication skills these how to be a professional like you know how to be a professional working person that was horrible wording anyways um how it's how to live life you learn a lot about yourself in those years as well and in those experiences and you learn about other perspectives and you talk to others you debate with others and it opens your eyes to so many different things what i was gonna say was um when i look at like just society as a whole i kind of see it like a bell curve in that majority of the people around us and what we call the traditional path and the stereotypical path of working like a corporate job or whatever it may be, are the people concentrated in the middle. And I would argue it's about 80 to 85% of our population. And then there's people on the other extremes who are those type of people that Ismail was talking about, like, you know, self-made millionaires and like all of those things. So my whole thing is like, this is almost like a proven strategy. Right? If 80 to 85% of our society fits well in this bell curve in the middle by following this so-called traditional path, then why are you trying so hard to deviate from it? And, and the reason I say that, and, and to add on to Misha's point, actually, is that like another way to think about this is that 80 to 85% of people are following what we would call the traditional nine to five. Most industries nowadays aren't even 40 hour work weeks, but I'm just going to roll with that for the sake of argument. What is stopping you from achieving those ends of the bell curve by adopting something that is now in the, what corporate people call it, the five to nine, 
which is what you do after work from that time till when you go to sleep. This is where generally startups are made. This is where generally people like a lot of, I know people who have their own podcasts. This is generally when people do volunteer work and start their own organizations. So why are you trying so, so hard to make that five to nine your entire living situation? Sure. If it's successful, I know plenty of people who have had spent their time after work doing, working on a startup company, doing some sort of initiative and it has blown up. And because it's successful and because they have the financial grounding and the necessary corporate knowledge, because frankly, that's super valuable. Learning how to function in a corporate culture, learning how the hierarchy works, learning how to manage people. That's not something you're going to gain out of a YouTube video telling you to drop out of school. You're simply not going to learn that stuff. And so combining those skills along with the success you have in your five to nine, so to speak, is setting you up for success in, in a different way. And another thing people, I think, really get confused about is they expect success from the get-go. I, I listened to this podcast called Work Life. It's by Adam Grant. He's like an organizational psychologist at the Wharton School of Business. And studies have shown that in the, the first few years of your job are probably going to be the worst just because you're, you're an entry-level goon. Like, like, literally, what do you expect? Like, sure, whatever, whatever the career may be, be it accounting, law, finance, consulting, uh, engineering, it doesn't matter. Like, the first few years are going to be a grind. And so expecting something other than that is foolish in and of itself. And once you get past that stage, once you get into the late 20s, early 30s, that's really when opportunities start opening up. And at that point, yeah, if you're extremely unhappy and if you're not content, then of course, go do whatever you want. But expecting that from the get-go is pretty foolish in my opinion. And lastly, we also have to understand that we need to really understand what a job is, right? Not all jobs are glamorous and no single job is going to be glamorous 100% of the time. A job is a job. Whether you're doing, whether you're a doctor, whether you're, uh, whether you're debating people like Ismail wants to do in philosophy, whether you're an investment banker, whether whatever you are, a job is a job. There's going to be portions of it where you like, there's going to be portions of it where you don't like. And people feeding you this narrative that, oh, you're going to love your life for the rest of your life. No, that's not it. Even if you think of being a, like a famous YouTuber or whatever, if you think about really what happens in the day to day, you're making videos by yourself or you have someone there and then most of your time has gone into editing, right? But you don't see that on screen. And so much of your time has gone into editing, getting partnerships, brand collaborations. He's crying being... right now when Faison <laughs> mentioned editing. Yeah. Like, like... I was going to say, I relate to that so much. I'm, I'm always editing MPL stuff. Yeah, that's what the MPL is a perfect example. Do we love it? Of course we do. But there's we don't love every aspect of creating it. I don't like going over the episode three times to figure out when to cut two seconds of silence. Yeah, like, no, no. Amish, anything else you don't like? <laughs> you. <laughs> Yo, that's lies, bro. Straight up. You're Every uh, time I try, I'm trying to go somewhere, you're always trying to follow me. What the hell? You know what? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, let's move we on. We got you let's there. Move let's you move on. You were following me, but then I realized you actually end up going to play fifth first, and then I end up going. Yep, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> this this wouldn't have happened if you just like sold internet in a no frills. Anyways, yo, that's uh, a reference to another episode. But yo, no, not gonna lie, that was a good experience still. But anyways, um, yeah, like that's just like a long-winded way of saying. Oh, and the last thing I want to mention, the last thing I want to mention is 
they're going again with the bell curve example. We look at examples like, you know, Bill Gates, uh, freaking uh, Jeff Bezos, whatever, whatever, whatever. And we're like, yeah, I'm going to be like that. Dude, how many people have failed? How many people have failed? And the thing is, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this over-romanticization of, like, trying to hit this, like, 1% of people is insane. Because we never, ever hear stories about people who have tried and not gone there. And that's why, like, the safest route is to not put your eggs all in one basket. And if you really want to do a tech startup, no one's stopping you. But that doesn't mean you have to, like, move to Cali with, like, $10 in your pocket. No, no, you don't have to do that. You can do that alongside whatever other thing you're doing so that you can increase your network alongside it. You can increase your financial resources, support systems, meet new engineers, whatever. And then if it kicks off, then great, go do that full time. But we, we really don't look at those people who failed. And because we don't do that, we always are like, we always have this optimistic mindset that like, Oh, I'm going to be successful. I'm different. Not just optimistic, bro. Delusional. Like you yeah. understand how little of a chance you have of success. Now I'm the biggest, like, yo, I'm telling you, like, I'm all for shooting for the stars. You just have to do it. Like, I also think about it logically, like shoot for the stars, aim for all the high goals, like aim to be president. I don't care, but you also need to be mentally prepared and uh, what's it called? Like literally like life-wise, a contingency plan prepared in case that does not happen. Because no, you're trying to defy the odds. And if the odds are stacked up against you, there is that much of a chance that you won't succeed. So you just need to be ready for when, you know, in case, you know, you don't reach that goal. That's why a lot of people have emotional and mental crises if they don't hit their goal, because that was their whole life. Their whole life was to be an IG influencer. And eventually they realized that they, they did, this didn't happen. And then they end up, you know, God forbid, killing themselves. Or if you have all these failed actors that go to from all over the world, they go to California and spend their whole twenties, like ten years of their life, trying to act but continuously fail. But because they're so deluded in, in like in this and in, in this like romanticized dream that they have of becoming an actor, they don't care. They keep trying and trying and trying and failing, and they don't actually have a contingency plan to fall back on. So they're like, this is it for me. You know, that's actually a really good point you brought up because um, there's certain athletes, college athletes that are projected to go into the NBA, the NFL, whatever. And one thing no one ever really thinks about is injuries, right? There's certain career ending injuries, which uh, prevent you from actually fulfilling that dream. So there are athletes who have done really good in school or have really been savvy with how they run a business. And there's certain athletes, um, even in like the NBA that, weren't really good NBA players, but they became really good businessmen after. There are certain mm-hmm. football athletes that are now working as advisors at like Goldman Sachs, one of the biggest investment banks in the world. So it's like having that, even, even at that level of success, people had contingency plans and they still educated themselves and they still went above and beyond to try to do something after their career ended uh, from, a, from a sports perspective. Basil, that was such a good point. We all know athletes that had career-ending injuries or a lot even younger athletes like people who didn't make it to the NBA because of an injury or because they thought they were good enough but weren't and didn't care about any other contingency plan ended up either like committing suicide or uh, what's it called just literally like living a bum life for the rest of their lives because they had one thing and they concentrated all their efforts into it and then once it failed that's it they're like my life is over have you guys seen One Tree Hill 
Is that is that a TV show? It's a TV show, and you're describing like a storyline in the show. So there's, uh, <laughs> I won't go into it, but like that's honestly what happens. Like he has a career-ending injury, and he has nothing to fall back on, and then g- go gets like depressed and everything. And it really shows, like, it shows the after effects of it. Anyway, it just reminded me of the show. But I also want to mention that this idea of tying your happiness to your academics or your career. I think that's a really, really harmful thing, like having it tied to just solely one thing in your life. Because because eventually, rough times, you will have to face tough times in your life. And eventually, you will fail at something at one point or another. And if you tie your self-worth and you're like, oh, I'm happy today because I got a good mark. And now I'm depressed because I got a bad mark. Like, If you have that state of mind, you're going to have a really tough time. You, it's really easy to say and harder to do, but I think you need to, you need to find things that bring you joy outside of like whatever your main focus at this point in your life is, whether that's academics or career or family. Those are all great things to have, but anything, any excess of anything can be too much. So just be careful. I wanted to ask, actually ask you guys, you know, a lot of times on the internet, you see all these like super successful influencers, again, like financially speaking. And they're always like, what do you do? Faison mentioned this earlier. He's like, what do you do from your five, your five to nine? You know, what are you doing to be successful and to get rich and whatever? And I just feel like it's so like, like, is that really necessary? Like, do we really need to that's all we think about. We go to our nine to five to make money. And then from five to nine, we're thinking of more ways to make money. I just feel like it's just such a like toxic mindset to have. And so, I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Well, it goes back to, oh no, go for it. Oh no, I was just going to say like, I think the way you're thinking about it is not the way I think about it. It's not about money. It's about fueling your fire because you can use your a lot of people yes they do use their five to nine to uh create like new businesses have a side hustle whatever but for me it's it was never about let's try to increase my bank account it was more like i have finished my job now let me go do something that actually fuels what i really really love and so yeah go ahead but but that doesn't necessarily but for you like what i mean is like that doesn't necessarily need to mean that you're making money off of it right no absolutely not yeah yeah i think what renda's pointing to is that influencers that's how they market it it's like because it goes back to the standard of success our this society the like the western standard of success is economic only it's very like what's it called one faceted in that sense when but we come from a background that that really isn't the standard for success so when we are hearing this messaging, it kind of like contradicts with what we believe. So we're already kind of like off put by it because even you don't even need to look at Muslims, look at Europeans. Now, when I had my grandma visit from Spain, she talked about, she talked to us about how much she hated staying here and she didn't even work here. The reason was, was because she just noticed that how people are so in like, like there's such workaholics. And she couldn't fathom this. She's an atheist, like atheist, like Spaniard. You know what I mean? Like the furthest thing from the sun. But at the same time, they have such a different work-life balance and work-passion balance, you could say, in Europe than they do here. We need to recognize that. Like here, everything is materialistic, motivated, and about growing your bank account. So 
as Rhonda's saying, like she doesn't find that attractive to be like coming home from work and already thinking about how can I make more money in a different, like uh, what's it called in my five hours or whatever, how many hours before I go to sleep. It's very off-putting to people who are not so economically motivated and more like interested in living and enjoying life for what it is and want to focus on more important things than money. Okay, so I had another prompt for you guys. And uh, I feel like this one uh, will definitely start an interesting conversation. So do you think there's a gender component to this? Because I remember, because he, here's here's where I'm coming from, okay? Ismail, bro, why, why you run away, huh? Come back, come back right now. I didn't run, I got a phone call. <laughs> um, so because traditionally, Islamically, all the Ali's um, men are the breadwinners of the house. And so there's an increased emphasis or pressure on them to bring bring money into the household. And so even if they are, even if there's something that they want to pursue that's more in line with their interests or their passion or whatever, if they have a family to feed, sucks to suck, I guess, right? They have to continue doing what they're doing because ultimately if they don't, they're not fulfilling the rights that their family has upon them. And I remember I spoke to this lady, she did an MBA from Ivy. And so that's how I reached out to her. And she was a Muslim hijabi who quit her corporate job to start a, uh, like an, a Muslim, like an entrepreneurship hub for Muslim women. And so I asked her, frankly, I'm like, did your role as a woman help you to make this decision to leave the corporate job? Because you knew that you already had the financial backing of your husband. And she said, absolutely, yes, because her husband was a physician and they were they were set when it came to money coming into the household. If her husband was definitely struggling to bring money into the home, she wouldn't have been able to make that decision. And, and even when you look at social media, a lot of the people on social media are primarily women, right? And especially like when you look at Muslim influencers, they're primarily women and there's very few guys out there. Now, I'm not saying it's because they perhaps it's just like a deterrent like maybe guys just don't want to be on social media whatever but in general i do feel that there is definitely a gender component when it comes to this whole idea of pursuing your passion really doing what you want to do just because there's a lot less uh pressure or liability or whatever word you want to call it on women to really financially contribute to to a home so what are your guys' thoughts on it so i was just going to say when I think about like in terms of like words that actually matches up a lot with what I've heard around me but in terms of action that actually doesn't align with what I've observed so I find when I look around me all the Muslim boys my age I'm telling you maybe three or four of them are actually pursuing um, higher education or like stable jobs I guess if you want to call it or like they have stable career paths lined up and almost every single girl I know has that. Where and the boys, like I'm t- like when I look around me, like for example, family friends and stuff. Like there's so many boys that are my age who aren't even who have done nothing after high school or are in university, but they're doing things that traditionally are considered like not worth it. For example, like music or <laughs> art. <laughs> I disagree with that, but still. Um, so. Like, and the thing is, it's really confusing to me because when it comes to like getting married and all, so this is like singles, right? But when it comes to getting married, like I, I hear the opposite. I don't have experience, so I can't say, but I hear the opposite where it's like, 
um, you want to look for guys who are more educated and all of that. But I don't know how that is supposed to happen because when I look around me, like in my age group, that's not the reality. Almost every single girl I know has that like traditional um, well-paying career path set out for her. And when I look at the guys, it's probably like 20 to 30% of them, not all of them. You know, Okay, I was gonna say mishits because like we we're not dealing with that anymore. Um, excuse my language, but like, um, we want to be successful and we we don't want to be dependent on anyone because we've seen our mothers, you know. And um, another thing is that, for example, for me, the, like a bunch of aunties, they were like, "Oh, so you're graduating this year, right? What are your plans?" I'm like, "I'm still gonna be in school," and they're like, "Bro, who cares? Just." marry a rich guy and you're set you you don't you're not even gonna work and I'm like no I'm going to work I'm I'm still going to be I'm still gonna be a part of the growth of my household so yeah that's it's it's and I feel like it's also because the men especially in the South Asian culture they're very spoiled so like um not all not all Faison don't worry um um but it's and because of that and because we've seen that we're like hell no I'm not dealing with this bs so yeah I do want to say like I don't think I personally don't think there's anything wrong with if you do decide you don't want to continue like okay my point of view is I think everyone should do some sort of post-secondary education but mm -hmm. after that like if you do decide that you don't want to work or you don't want to like you want to stay at home or all of that mm -hmm. I personally think I don't think it's a bad thing or it's like regressive because I know a lot of people think it's like regressive or it's not good for you or good for women but I don't I don't agree with that I think that's completely fine as long as you and like your family are you're okay with it why not but mm -hmm. I also at the same time I'm like if you choose to study and you go, choose to go on these career paths, that's great. I just, I guess my question to everyone is just, why do you, first of all, do you guys, have you guys noticed the same observation that I'm telling you guys? And also, and if so, what, why do you think that is? Like, why is it that the girls are so much more educated? Like, do you think it's just that fact of like wanting to go against these like cultural norms or like, is it something more? I'm genuinely curious. I don't know. Wait, can we, I'm going to, I want to address Misha's question, but I want to let Ismail speak first, because I, I do think that your, um, your, your, your comment on the educational pursuit is different than pursuing your passion. Because my, my thing was like, should yeah, a girl want to deviate from this regular traditional path? She has a lot more flexibility and a lot more, what do you call it? Uh, support in doing so than it, should a guy wanted to pursue it. I know Ismail wanted to comment on this. Yeah, I was saying that, well, first of all, let me address the small point that Misha made and then I'll, I'll go back to the main our, like uh, conversation line that you're going with, Faison. I have a completely different experience because if we look at the data, liberal arts are more women than men. So if you look at, you know, gender studies, if you look at, you know, all the liberal arts, um, all the arts and humanities, all of them, they're way more women than men. Uh, if you look at STEM fields, it's way more men than women. So like, I think that like from just from me, just like the men I know around me, every guy around me studying engineering or business or uh, computer science. I don't, I think 
off the top of my head, I can't think of a person who isn't doing business engineering, computer science. I'm the only guy I know in my circle that is doing something in the liberal arts after I get a business degree. So even I still got went, went with the business route. So like, and, and on the other hand, I know all the girls that I know are pursuing passion stuff. And that's okay, just equally to not pursuing it. And, and going to Faison's point now, girls have that flexibility. Guys have to think twice about contingency plans because if girls want to work, that's their choice. If girls want to provide, that's their choice. That's the Islamic narrative. Now for men, we have to provide. Whether it's from our passion or whether it's from a job we enjoy, we have to provide. Now a wife can waive that. That's her prerogative, that's fine. But we also can't be, because we're not married yet, right? We can't be moving with the assumption that my wife will waive this right. So that's why we need to be moving when it comes to post-secondary education. We need to be moving with the mentality that I'm a main provider. And if my wife wants to pitch in, whether more than me or less than me, then that's a cherry on top. But I need to be moving with that mentality. So I would argue that Islam gives extra luxury to the woman to go in this, in this field and just go and... Uh, not need to provide 50-50 like the Western feminist narrative suggests. So she has the more freedom to pursue the passion that she wants to because why? She does not have the same responsibility as a man does when it comes to breadwinning. Can I add to that as well? Faison, we were literally talking about this the other day when you were talking about like trade-offs after you get married and you have a family and stuff like that. And I was just telling him about how like, for example, in my parents' experience, my dad always wanted to um, like my dad freaking loves studying. Like this guy is studying all the time. He's like, wallahi, he takes my physics and calculus textbooks and he studies through them. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but he would have loved to continue his education, but he had to, but when, when we were younger and this, this probably doesn't have to do a, a lot with a, 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 the, like the girl following her passion because that wasn't really the case for my mom the case for my mom was that she wanted to homeschool us and um and so that would mean that she wouldn't be working because she would be homeschooling us and my dad saw value in that but he also still wanted to pursue getting a master's degree and so he just took it upon himself to just hustle twice as hard to work his nine to five and also get his master's degree. And so basically the point of all of this is I do think that there is definitely, there's more of a pressure on men for sure to like, you know, not follow their passion and to just have like a solid contingency plan. Yeah, no, I just like run the same thing with my dad. My dad ended up, he really, really wanted to do a PhD. If I ask my dad today, what is his wish? What is a worldly wish of his is getting his PhD. So, and he ended up foregoing that opportunity because he got a really good job opportunity. And he was like, you know, I'm at a marriage age. I should get my money situation together. And he accepted that job. But now at the age of you know 50 plus, he's like, it's very hard for him. Cause I always try to encourage him, but it's very hard for him to just, you know, he has a full family and he has uh, financial responsibilities as a main breadwinner. Although my mom now, after 20 years of like living at home decided to start working. As a, but again, even my mom started doing a passion project. So like, even see what I mean? It's like, but now trying to tell, convince my dad to go for a PhD, although I know it's the thing that he loves and wants to do. He can't, he doesn't, he just can't do it because he thinks he has responsibilities. And also another, another story time. My dad graduated as an electrical engineer 
And like I said, he freaking loves it. But when he, he moved, like, so my parents came to Canada and then they moved to the States. So when they moved to the States, electrical engineering was not booming. It was IT that was booming. And so he ended up switching his field. And, and now he's like, to this day, he still works in IT. But that's not necessarily his passion. His passion was electrical engineering. But he just never got the chance to pursue it because he had a family to look after. So he got it, like, he had to just, you know. Dude, our dads are the same. My dad studied engineering for seven years and then did an MBA. Like he did, he did his first master's in engineering. Then he did an MBA. And then because business was booming in like the eighties or whatever, like whatever it was, um, he ended up getting a business job. And then for the rest of his life, he worked in business. Yeah. I know Misha keeps wanting to say something. And every time I'm always thinking, I'm like, are you being silenced or are you silent? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just going to say, I definitely agree with all of you guys. I think guys definitely do have to face that burden of bringing in that stable source of income way more than girls do um and like which is not bad which is not bad yeah, i never no, thought I it was bad. no i don't think it's a bad thing i just think it's a fact of life like at least islamic life um and <laughs> solid caveat <laughs> i like that i like because i was gonna be like not feminist life but yeah go on um, but like, even that's reflected in my own family. Like when we came to Canada, like my dad had a master's in political science and he had like a bunch of experience and in procurement. And like, that's what he wanted. Ideally, like that's the basis we came to Canada on. And that's what he wanted to pursue here. But because he had a family and kids and like, all, like, you know, this whole family to raise that wasn't in the cards. And he put his passion on the back burner and found a job that paid well and just did the work that would like you know take care of us and even now like my dad says like you know in order for him to get back into that field um there's like some licensing things that don't transfer from Pakistan to Canada so he'd have to do that but there's no time for him to not earn and do that like it's hard and I I think about that and I think it's like if it was my mom, my mom was a teacher. And like when she came, she had that opportunity to ha- get those transferring credits so she could be a teacher here too. Whereas my, like, you know, it's just those facts of life that my dad didn't get a chance to do that. Notice the theme, all the men sacrificing for the family Yo, and the women chilling, bro. Women sacrifice in other ways. Men yeah, yeah. They're not chilling, they're not chilling. Don't get started on this. They're not chilling, bro. <laughs> okay, I'm joking, man. Come on, let us like. I just want to make sure that any uh, mishaps on TikTok don't get taken out of context again. No, this would only happen if you cut this right now, as you do, and frame me as a bad guy right now. I will. So, I will. has an ability to take, like, make custom. The worst clips. Really yeah, that's the point. That's what gets views, bro. Anyways, um, to I guess, like, the, the question Amisha asked, what was it again? It was something about education, like, discrepancy in education. I just feel like when I look around me most of the guys my age are not pursuing like education seriously um and all the girls are so I was just like I don't know why that is you know it's funny you say that because most of the guys that I graduated with from high school especially the Muslim ones they've all dropped out exactly like when I look back at all the well, I don't want to single them out, actually. But yeah, for, for, forget Muslim. Sad, just look at look at the look at the, the, spe- the look at the uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, the oh, goddamn, I lost the word. Uh, the spread, I guess that's another word. The spread of uh, uh, different people in different career fields. Look at in university. 
what what is the majority of business majors men what is the majority of uh what's it called physics uh major men what, what is the majority of rude uh, i'm all really the out here fields? it's men it's men and then it's ronda <laughs> no no yeah yeah facts it's ronda too but uh, i thought we we're just putting them in the same but anyways um no <laughs> we're putting... <laughs> yo look at stem field same thing but at the same, so like, if you wanna, if we wanna be accurate about it, because this is all anecdotal, we could be like, oh, well, I know that, because I just told you all the guys I know are engineering business and, and STEM. So I'm like, if we, we, we could just look at universities and where are women made like a majority in university, all the liberal arts, all the education, like education studies, just like Misha's mom's uh, is a teacher, um, nursing, um, a, what's called bio, a lot of life sciences. And what do they claim about life science is that it's a program that you don't end up getting a job in because it's it's like, you could consider it a passion program. So that's what I'm saying is like all these careers that women are getting to pursue in uni, they're doing, and, and I personally believe that women have, even non-Muslim women go for their, go for what they're passionate about just instinctually. And they don't care as much about what makes more money. Misha, you look like you wanted to say something and you just didn't say anything. I was just thinking, I don't, I'll say it, but I don't want to like, we can just, I don't know if you have time to discuss it. Oh God, I know what this is going to say. No, no, I'm actually like, I'm just thinking, we so. always talk about like money we're going to raise in terms of like future spouses and stuff. But like, I, when I think about my career, I never think of my future spouse. Like, I don't know if that's like a gender thing or not. I always think about my parents, like. You know, in it's terms an Islamic like, thing though, Misha, because you don't have to think about your spouse. Yeah, I, I guess like that's the gender difference as well. Because like when I think about the money that I am going to earn through my career, right? Like I think about how is that money going to, or will I earn enough money to support my parents? Or will I earn enough money to support myself? I never think about like having to support like a future partner. That That's really? just not a train of thought. But I, but I recognize that like when I talk to guys, like their thing is how is this money that's coming in going to support like a future spouse as well? Oh yeah, that, that's definitely. That's always what we're thinking about. Dude, my <laughs> yeah. dad's trained me about that. Mm-hmm. I told you, remember? I told, my dad's been from like the age of when I would see my other non-Muslim friends like going on all these trips and like all these Euro trips and all this stuff, traveling and all that. And I'm like, I could do this too. Why am I not doing it? And then my dad keeps on telling me like, dude, you have an obligation to be ready to be like a husband if whenever you meet her, right? So you need to have mother down, you need to have like uh, enough money to move up, like all this stuff. There's like responsibilities on a Muslim man at a young age that all the men, like, I don't know if you, when you're talking to other men face on, like they're chilling, like they're thinking about what designer stuff to buy or what, what car they want to buy and all this stuff. Like we're thinking about like, yo, I have responsibilities about taking care of a, a future wife that like, not these muslim women don't think about and non-muslim guys don't think about the thing is like i i i think one thing i've noticed is that so the guys that i graduated with they're all like they're i i can't relate to misha or yes means like how are the guys that they grew up with because the guys like you know them from it's not like they're all like successful they're in like the best programs across canada like they're really good people um and, and I don't know why, like, I can't answer your question as to why there's more guys or less guys or whatever. Like, I simply don't know. Like, we would have to conduct some sort of research to figure that out. But to Ismail's point, like, um, guys do really think about this. And funny story. So my birthday, which was like a month ago, my parents gave me like $100. And my mom pulled me aside. And she's like, I'm taking this $100 from you. I'm like, okay, can I at least get a reason? 
She's like, yeah, um, I'm saving this so you can buy a gift for your wife. I'm like, you're taking my hundred dollars, <laughs> giving it to a girl who I've never even met yet. Is is that is that is that is that where we're at right now? And yeah, so well, that's, like, that makes sense. No, that just goes to show. Like, I didn't really care. I'm like, sure, take the hundred dollars, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it this is a narrative. I'm because saying we, that hundred dollars enough, a hundred dollar doesn't matter. No, no, I meant like like. I, I'm my mom's heart is at a good place but anyways like the the reason i bring that up is because it's not only something we think about it's something our parents can drill down in us yeah. like, over and over and over and like yeah through silly instances like this but it's very much a back of the mind or front of the mind really thought especially like i, I don't know about Ismail, but at my age like i'm one year away from graduation like dude this this sort of stuff the, these, these conversations don't stop in my household right and so it's very much prevalent and one thing i do want to say though is that even if there are people guys that are successful they're in these programs they're going to end up like a lot of money or whatever uh not a lot of guys not every guy is thinking of getting married i know friends that they they literally spend like five six hundred dollars on like on like food every like two months like they like the way they spend their money is very much (laughs) every month sometimes it's so bad but yeah i know people that spend like hundreds of dollars of money on like on like uh you know you know those like um canada goose jackets and like timberland shoes and like this and that like (laughs) (laughs) bro stop describing me bro shut up but yeah okay let me help you we know these guys that spend like freaking thirty five thousand dollars on a bm brand new bmw is going to depreciate yeah those guys not me just you're, you're making it too easy but yeah, but, basically what I'm trying to say is like, there are some guys who have this thought in the back of their mind and there's some that don't. It just, it is, it is what it is. But I do think overall, guys have this narrative almost like fed to them very, very regularly. So and so that it does, it does come in as a consideration when you are thinking of what should I pursue next? What else do I do? Because the repercussions aren't only, oh, am I going to lose money or how much is going to affect my family? It's, will I ever, if, is this decision going to ruin the potential that I have going in the future? Misha, also to your point, you and, yes, uh, you and Yasmin, um, those guys that you're talking about that never took education seriously, it's exactly what Faison's saying, that they're not in a mature state where they're even thinking about marriage. And guess what? They're still going to have to say, make the same sacrifice that me and Faison are making right now. They just don't know it yet. And this is how. Because they didn't take, take their education seriously, once they their parents are like, yo, you need to get married, they're going to start either becoming truck drivers or start working in trades, or they're going to go have, have to go back to school. So at the end of the day, there's no escaping it. Like, we're just taking a, like charge of our lives very early, or at least, you know, bare, in my opinion, this is bare minimum, but compared to them, it's very early. But, you know, maybe when they're 26, they're going to get that moment where like, yo, uh, I need to either like go become a mechanic or I need to do some, since I don't have an, a post-secondary education, I need to go do a trades job or I need to start driving for Uber. So I need to bring some sort of income so that I can support a wife. It's the same conclusion, just a different route. I know. Wait, sorry, I just wanted to quickly ask. I know we only have a couple minutes left. So I wanted to ask you guys, like the girls, why do you think if Misha's statement holds true, why do the girls think that guys are less... Uh, like inclined to pursue education so 
I don't have the education question, but I just want to mention to what Ismail was talking about. Not that trades is bad. It's just, I don't want to like clarify that. Like, you know, trades is not a bad thing. It's just, I think what you're, Ismail, I'm speaking for you, so correct me if I'm wrong. But like, I think what you're trying to say is that you just have to make those sacrifices later in life. Yeah. They look different than the sacrifices that maybe you and Fidan are making right now. Yep. That's it. There's no, it doesn't matter. Trades, it's not about trades being good or bad. It's about trades will be their options since they did not go and do a post-secondary education or take their post-secondary education seriously. And they're going to have to do that sacrifice later compared to me and Faison who are making it earlier. That's it. Yasmin, you haven't spoken in a very long time. What was your question? I was so focused on what Michelle was saying, I forgot. Oh, my, my question was, um, what are three compliments you would give Faison? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my question was, so Misha mentioned that in her experience, which is more anecdotal evidence, she's seen that guys are less inclined to pursue like higher education and whatnot. So I wanted to ask you guys why you think that's the case. The one clarification I do want to give is it's not that they're not making money or not pursuing making money. They are. It's just not like in terms of like pursuing education and then making money. Honestly, I don't know why, but I do want to say that maybe it's the way parents raise girls versus guys. And for example, like I've seen it firsthand with family friends. They're super strict with their daughters, you know, and they're like, yes, you can do this. You can do this. Um, curfew is, is Maghrib and sons, no curfew, nothing. Yes, yes. Oh, you got a 70. Good job to the daughter. Oh, you got a 70. Why? Where did you go wrong? Even I know that you can, I, I, I can do this, right? So that mentality maybe has pushed girls even more and they're not dealing with that BS. And maybe it's also because like, we just have different values and we've, because of that strictness that my, our moms have put on to us and like they've, they've raised us differently. We, I guess we're just more, we have, we have more of the values and we're more mature, but yeah, that's. I. So I was going to say that I also think a part of it is like, you know how you, Afizan and Ismail, when you guys were talking, you were saying that when guys are choosing careers, you think about in, you think about it in terms of like a stable source of income for you and your future spouse or whatever. I also think when girls, uh, when girls are pursuing careers, I don't know if Randa and Yasmin, you have experienced it, but I know when I was choosing careers, like the advice I would often get would be, think about it in terms of if you, when you have kids or when you have a family or whatever, it, pick something that's flexible, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the advice that almost every girl I've talked to has gotten. And mm-hmm. a lot of them follow, follow that advice. Mm-hmm. So I think it maybe has to do with that, that we think that if we have these, this like education, then we can figure it out like right away what it, like the flexible way to like still still be educated still have a job but then like you know make it flexible to mm-hmm. make time for kids and family and whatever it is so mm-hmm. I don't think we're that like our focuses are different our focus isn't as much the amount of money it's going to bring in it's more so the amount of flexibility this career will provide me while still giving me an opportunity for growth I'm not gonna lie to you I haven't really seen a lot of what Yasmin and Misha were talking about. 
um and the guys that i like i do know who are super like they they like they don't take their like they they got an education or whatever but they don't take um their career seriously or the like managing their finances seriously it's just because they're just not serious they, they're just here for a good time not a long time you know um but, <laughs> like, yo that's, that, that statement is not for, excuse for something else but anyways go on. but anyways um what is it called i was just gonna say like to be honest with you i don't like i like I, I again i just don't relate to that at all because i remember when i was coming into university and i was just like choosing like trying to figure out what I want to get into and stuff like that and in the beginning I was kind of conflicted because I was like "Eh, I'm not not really sure what I want to get into and stuff like that and my dad would literally always be like sis like you do you boo as long as I know that you can sustain yourself because that's all I care about he's like if I die tomorrow I just need to know you're going to be able to figure it out and sustain yourself that's all I care about but with my brothers on the other hand he talks to them a lot about the fact that in the future they're going to be financially responsible for a wife and for a family and so they need to take it a lot more seriously and so those were generally the conversations I heard growing up so I don't know that's my two cents yeah same Rhonda uh my actually actually I would say the only difference I would say is uh my dad from a very like young age recognized that I'm extremely money motivated and both my parents always make jokes that they don't ever have to worry about me when it comes to money. So even when I was still lost and I wasn't, I didn't know what type of career I wanted. My dad even once recommended I go to culinary school. Seriously. Like he actually like said like, yo, listen, you love to cook. Why don't you go to culinary school? Even my mom who's like open-minded and all this uh, was like, yo, what do you mean go to culinary school? I want him to work to like, better society with like the minds not with their stomachs so like yeah so it's like so even my mom was even like that's how like I grew up around a very like liberal family when it comes to that and because my dad knew like I'm good with money like whatever I do I'll figure out a way to support my family he was able to recommend me to do literally what I'm passionate about always um with my sister it was even less because there's absolutely no responsibilities on her so he was just like listen just do what, and my sister was always putting these pressures on her, on herself, sorry. Um, she was putting these pressures on herself because she was going through a period where she was immersed in feminist ideology. And she would talk to me about this. And she was like, no, I need to pay. I need to be uh, economically viable. I need to provide 50% of the household income. She was always thinking about how she wants to be a doctor. Although that wasn't necessarily, she didn't, she wasn't attracted to the level of commitment that it required, but she was like, no, I need to earn this much. This, and I was I was looking at her, I'm like, yo, I'm a guy and I'm not like looking at money this much. Like, I don't know why you're so stressed, but my dad would always tell her the same thing. He's like, yo, just do what makes you happy and what you won't be pissed off about waking up every day in the morning and going to work. Like, it doesn't have to be your passion, but at least be happy doing it. And let alone for her, he was also like, listen, you don't even have to work. So if you want to just study what you love studying and you need, go study that. And he's even like, I'll finance it and I'll pay for it. Like, you just go study what you like. So I find that, yeah, it's like where this, there's more generally pressure on guys, but for, for my specific scenario, there was no pressure on either, either of me and my sister. Alrighty. Thank you guys for sharing. I know this was, uh, this was definitely an interesting conversation and I, I don't know. I, I feel like this would be a good uh, topic of discussion in like a marathon because uh, there'd be a lot more people and um, it won't be recorded. So I feel like this meal can be a little bit more candid <laughs> anyone who wants to say. <laughs> but yeah.
I can um, go in a little bit more, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, man. Um, but I, I respect you uh, taking on the feministic ideologies and trying to learn how to cook for your uh, significant other by going to <laughs> school. You I know just, what I say? You know what's a funny joke about that? Is a lot, like a lot of feminists will joke to me about that. It's like very feminist of you to cook. And I'm like, no, it's more like I believe in self-sufficiency. And I think everybody should be able to feed themselves on a bare minimum. So like you shouldn't be dependent on somebody else for your existence like for your literal survival but yeah yeah like i agree with that concept but i'll still take my mom's food any day <laughs> oh 100 bro yeah. my, you know i'll never i would say i'll never be able to cook as good as her so. i agree with that in theory but i would still rather starve than make myself food <laughs> 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 well on that somber note um i think we're gonna wrap this episode up Thank you guys for joining. And hopefully this was a discussion that was fruitful. We started off by talking a little bit about this wave of influencers talking about whether education is even worth it. Then we talked about sort of the gender roles and how it sort of plays into society as well as Islam and had an interesting discussion on the pursuit of education from a male perspective. And it was interesting to see how all of us really have different experiences. So yeah, with that being said, we'll see you on the next one. Assalamualaikum. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 